This is Tyler Kirkham, and this is the Top 5 Comics Podcast. Welcome to Top 5 Comics Podcast. People talking about comics, pop culture, and events. Uh, with us today, we have Master Disaster, Josh45. What up, what up, what up? And CBS. That would be me. What's shaking, bacon? Oh, not a lot, man. It's living in the quarantine in Colorado. Quarantine, quarantine America, man. Yeah, well, at this point, it's going to be that, yeah. Well, just trying to struggle through this, uh, pandemic. Right. Uh, see, today we're doing episode number 135. Getting up there. Right. Um, books are going to be over, so we got a couple really big issues this week, so we're not going to do five, you know, format-wise or whatever. Uh, as far as books, what we're doing today is uh, Strange Academy number one from Marvel Comics, and then we're going to be doing uh, Hidden Society number one from Dark Horse, following it up by the big Flash 750 from uh, DC Comics. Um, then uh, after all that, we have an interview from Ashley Riot. This is... Uh, Back at the San Diego Comic Con, um, it's an interview that managed to get lost somewhere, which I apologize for that. So hopefully you guys enjoy that. But I guess we can start with a little bit of news. Josh, what do you got in the news? What's in the news, man? So, Jeff Johns and DC's Stargirl, which debut of May 11th has been pushed back to May 18th on DC Streaming and May 19th on the CW. Um, there has been no words as to why. That's just the case. But Jeff Johns said, of all the characters he's written over the years, um, Stargirl is his favorite, and he's excited for this to come to the big, the, well, I won't say big screen, but to the screen. Right, silver screen being like TV. Um, yeah, Stargirl, best we understand from at least what I remember about the initial show up of her, she's uh, basically based off his kid sister. So and she passed away. So there's a character that's like one of his, uh, one of his pinnacle characters. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Did not know that. I remember when she debuted. It was like Stars and Stripe. Mm-hmm. Is it Stripe or Stripes? Um, stripe. Sh- I think it's Stripes actually. Gosh, that, that's in the back. Stripe was that robot. Yeah. Stars and Stripe. Because mm-hmm. the two things together made the duo. She got the rod from Starman. Mm-hmm. Blah blah. Yep. Casting wise, like I can't remember the actress's name playing the part, but I know Luke Wilson's playing. Uh, not her. You know, I guess he's he's supposed to be like her father figure, but he's not really her dad. Anyway, he winds up being the friend of Starman and passes the the uh, the staff on to her. So that's really cool because I like Luke Wilson a lot. I'm not sure who's playing Stargirl in the show. Breck Basinger, I think it's oh. Basinger related somehow. They look similar, okay. picture wise, and not to be confused with the Marvel Comics Stargirl show that's coming out on Disney Plus. That's being played by. A different girl, I think it's the girl from America's Got Talent. Yeah, this is the girl, the ukulele player from America's Got Talent. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a Marvel movie, it's more of a D- Disney movie. But yeah, so there's... Yeah, it's, it's just giving a Disney Plus. Yeah, but, so it's a... It's, um, it's, that's Grace Vanderwall, who'll be that. Right, um, she's the but, ukulele player. So, Yeah, two totally separate things, basically the same name. So Archie Comics will release their April 1st listings digitally and in print to its subscribers and retailers who ordered exclusive variant covers. So it means if your store got an exclusive cover, somehow they're going to release a digital version to you and the print version? I guess they'll just mail them to you. Probably directly from the company. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. 
Um, which will lead into our last bit of news, but I'm gonna like, I'm gonna skip that first because it's big news. Sure. Um, so a decent JLA movie may be coming out finally, right. but from the MCU. A Squadron Supreme film is in the works for Marvel Cinematic Universe. Not the same thing. I know. But it, it is <laughs> it very is, similar. It, one is a knockoff of the other. But if true. the MCU puts out that, it, I mean, it's, is, is it what could have been for the JLA? No, because they're bad guys. Well, I guess they're not always no, bad guys. No, Squadron Supreme is not bad guys. Sometimes they are. Mm, sometimes they are. But they're not. Yeah, sometimes But they, they used to not be. Hyperion, I mean, they, they went... <laughs> There's a mixed match in time where they were good and then where they were bad. And then we're kind of good again. Piperion is basically Superman. He, he fluctuates between good and bad and not like, not like he goes dark and goes evil or whatever, but like the way he views the world occasionally is a, from a broken perspective. And they are like a knockoff version of the Justice League, which is kind of crazy. They're actually getting a new, like, three-part miniseries during this whole, uh, um, Empire storyline, so. I mean, if you dig that idea, they, that would be worth a check. I mean, they've had a few miniseries here and there, and as far as short story or short series, I feel like maybe two or three years ago there was one that ran for a minute where we saw the death of a couple characters. That was pretty good, like, as far as a thing. Like, I don't really know if, uh, I really know if that's a great way to look at a Justice League movie, but, uh, as a thing, they are very similar. But yeah, the Empire series is going to have a whole bunch of miniseries that happen. So we're getting a Captain America miniseries. We're getting a Squadron Supreme miniseries. We're getting a Spider-Man miniseries. Uh, there's a batch of one-shots. And there's like an Avengers miniseries. Most of the miniseries were three parts. And I mean, one-shots, of course, are one-shots. But yeah, so Squadron Supreme is going to have its own like three-part mini during the whole new uh, Scroll Cree Earth War that's getting ready to start. So there's that. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, they're basically a dark Justice League for the most part. Anyway. Or just a Marvel version of... Yeah. It'd be interesting to see I mean, if it really happens. That's kind of crazy. It'd be kind of cool. Yeah. There's been, um, there's been a little more talk, I know mean, you might have this, but there's been a little more talk about the Scott Snyder release of Justice League, and apparently some parts are going to be, according to the internet, finished in digital, so not like... Uh, live action put together, but in animatic styles. I don't know. I guess we'll see, but apparently there's a whole bunch of new scenes from that that I guess people have seen, maybe not normal people, but like actor people, and they're all like, it's great. That's what they always say, so who knows? Well, I heard a lot about it. I heard all these things, blah, 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 but you got to consider, remember the super mu- the super mustache? What, what did we call it back in the day? Oh, man, I don't remember. As a thing, like most of the shots that he shot, though, were before the mustache was a problem. The so yeah, I know. So like the all that's that's what I'm that's what I'm bringing up is that like all those scenes wh- that were filmed before he was done shooting the movie, and right. then they had to bring it back. Blah blah blah. Have uh, are gonna like we yeah. take over? There's a, there's a lot of talk of that. Like that movie was supposed to be drastically different. Oh yeah. Which like we might all be like eating our words, being like, oh, Wade and might like. Josh, Josh Wade might like make a make the film even better. Like Zack Snyder might not make a good film. Blah blah blah. He makes things look really good, but blah blah blah. We might be like, wow, maybe Zack Snyder should have made this film the whole time. But like, I mean, okay. To be fair, we all know his daughter passed away. Like, right. not there's nothing that could change that. But like, then it just changed. Then 
it does bring up the fact at the point, like, why did Joss Whedon change it so much? Yeah, that's a good question. Instead of just being like, I'll just finish your film and I'll, I'll just be, I'll oversee everything and get your, your, your cinematic vision to the big screen. Yeah, just why did he, why did he so like drastically change it? Good question. That's, and, and that makes me wonder why, that makes me like question Joss Whedon. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. dude, like, why did you do that? Like, that's kind of messed up. A little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it'd be really cool if we finally get to see this, the scenes that they tease with that black Superman suit. Now, granted, it may have all been like a setup and just pictures to put on Instagram for the sake of it not having been recolored yet, kind of like the Captain Marvel suit when we saw a bunch of scenes of it that weren't colored correctly because they hadn't gone through and digitally colored it. But as a thing, the black suit looked awesome. So, I don't know. It'd be cool if we see that, I guess. We'll have to see what happens. Yeah. So, anyway... On to awesome things. Okay. In this horrible time, when there's nothing on TV except reruns and um, documentaries about tiger people, amazing comedy specials mm-hmm. from Tom, Tom Segura yeah, and that's debatable. Burt Kreischer. Yeah. Some that's debatable. WrestleMania 36 is going to still air on April 4th and April 5th. Oh, man. Both. Awesome. Separately different things like it's going to be like a continuation they've already filmed it they've already done it. they're going to release it so they did film it in um there was going to be it was going to take place in atlanta i do believe and but they decided to film it anyway but like with no, no crowd and all that stuff because of what's going on with limited staff and they've actually gone so far as to like they've actually filmed the episode of raw that take place after wrestlemania that's how far they've gone so far. It will take place on April 4th and April 5th. It will be on pay-per-view and also on the WWE Network. Kind of rad. I think I'm in in the world that we're now living in with no sports okay. and no anything fun and cool. I am so into that. and I'm going to pay money on pay-per-view to watch WrestleMania for the first time since I was a... 11 or 12 years old. That's awesome. I'm into it. I don't care. I'm having a WrestleMania party. If it's just me and you... So be it. In my house, with the pets, with Captain, I will I will DDT Captain into the couch <laughs> just to show how excited I am. Oh, man. And I don't care what he thinks. He won't have any idea what's going on at all. It'll be yeah, amazing. Yeah. What do you think about that? I mean, fantastic. Cool. I'm, I'm into it. That's cool. And last but not least, um, we do need to talk about this. It's a big deal. Diamond Distribution suspends um, new comic books as of April 1st for the foreseeable future. We don't know. Yeah. Um, There's been no date given as far as hold on delivery. It's 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 not like they're like, oh, no more comic books of all time ever. No, like there's a lot of like internet talk. It's just like, hey, people right now. Aren't like it's only essential places that are going to work. So right. going to a printing plant isn't an essential place because you're not you're just printing. I mean, you're printing comic books. Um, not I'm not saying that that's not an essential thing. I get it, but I'm saying like as of this point right now, we're trying to limit person on person interaction, like physical contact, just in case. Especially because like some of those printing plants are in bigger cities, and so. Diamond Distribution doing what they need to do to help out the smaller comic book stores, which most comic book stores are month to month oh, yeah. or week to week or whatever it is, because it's like it's a big deal. 
Right. You know, you're paying, you're, you're, you're doing your orders three months out and you're paying week to week and they, you're hoping your customers come in and buy those things week to week. And it is what it is. It's like, it's a, it's, it's a brilliant format. I, I, I'm on the same page as you. I like, I like the, I like the printed art. And there is a lot of talk of like, they're even asking DC and Marvel, especially DC and Marvel, but like even all the companies to not release books on digital formats at all. Right. Until this whole thing like figures itself out. Just because it's like, if you release them digitally, you're going to start killing, like you're literally, you're taking something that was barely hanging on. You're just like, you're just, you're just pounding the nails into the coffin. Right. So they're actually asking people, like they're asking those companies to not release anything digitally. So as we'll see if they, so far what we understand is Comixology is still planning on holding things, at least as of like two days ago. So I guess look at the date whenever this is uploaded and maybe that's still true. Maybe it's not, which is scary, but you know, we'll see. But yeah, Diamond uh, went up closing their Washington branch, the Pennsylvania branch, and the California branch, which, I mean, all places at this point are dealing with quarantine. So it makes sense. So I guess we'll see. Um, yeah, so as far as shipments and stuff, uh, we've definitely got no notice about a shipment to next week, and I haven't seen anything even with direct ship stuff, which we were hoping to get some bags and boards in, but now that uh, we're quarantined, I guess we'll see what happens. Well, it's probably better. I mean... As far as the long run, yeah, if they were shipping stuff everywhere with all, the amount of cities that are currently quarantined, I mean, even if you manage to get yourself to your store to be able to just put the product inside the building, it doesn't do you any good because you're looking at money out with no money in. And like you said, month to month, that's scary. And that's most, that's most shops. It is. I mean, it really is. Like, it just. As far as a hierarchy in the world. See, so yeah, hopefully they stick to that. I mean,. Ah, uh, I mean, if, if they want comic book stores to survive, they gotta. Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, but yeah, as far as the world's concerned, like at this point, it doesn't mean that Diamond Ultimate doesn't do any of the printing. I know some people are in the misnomer that's the case, but Diamond's a distribution point for everyone. So, printing-wise, everything that's supposed to come out this coming week is already printed. So, it's not a matter of the book's not existing. I, I think that... The written word is like going to be more important now than ever. But yeah, I mean, as far as written, the written version of things, it's a very different feeling. And if you grew up in the right time frame for it, but as far as the world's concerned, I mean, it's only a matter of time. Now, here's the deal. I'm not, I'm going to agree, but I'm going to disagree. But I think in this time period, in this digital format, where people are just like sitting at home watching their Netflix and their Hulu and all those things lag because everybody's on it and they're just like, oh my gosh, I just want something that I can like touch and it'd be real and like, I think that, like, that's going to make analog things that much more important. Like, pulling out, like, it's the first time after, like, CDs were brilliant, okay? CDs were, I don't care what anybody says, like, as far as science goes, a CD is the purest, highest form of audio format that you can get. And, because you can put the most information on the smallest amount of thing, but a record has the warmest, most, like, pure, like, heart feel. Like, when you play a record, it's like, oh, my gosh, that's, like, amazing. And in your ears, the way that the, the frequency that of a record plays, this is science, by the way, Google it, you can play a record over and over and over again, and your ears, when you listen to a certain frequency, like a CD or an MP3 or any of those things, or an MP4 or a WAV file or no stuff, your ears will actually get, like, fatigued. The, the frequency that a vinyl record plays in 
is done in a frequency that like will not fatigue your ears scientifically. Hmm. So it's more comforting to listen to a vinyl record. So w- the point I'm making on this is that like, yeah, you can have a Kindle and read a novel on a Kindle. Sure. Whatever. But holding a book in your hand, you're not worried about the backlighting on the Kindle and this, oh, oh it's, it's, not, it's backlit different, so it doesn't hurt your eyes after a certain amount of time. Blah, blah. You know what doesn't hurt your eyes after a certain amount of time? Just reading a friggin' book. Yeah. Art, and you stimulate more senses with the touch because you don't just perceive the image itself and you can feel a tone different. Like in comic books, you can feel the tone different with the printed image versus the digital image and the touch of the book in general, the material itself resonates differently in your memory. So you hold on to stuff differently. I'm not saying it's the perfect wave, but as far as stuff's concerned, you can feel the difference between the two things. And if you've read both, then you know the truth. I 100%. So it's a different kind of thing you altogether. S- you sent me multiple like copies of things like, Hey, we got, we got a pre copy of this. Yeah. Like, the early preview stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, like, it's cool. It's like, oh, this isn't out yet. I'll read it. And it's neat. But, like, when I finally get it, I'm like, have I read this? Or, like, yeah. Remember I emailed to him? Like, oh, yeah. And, just, then I, and it's just like, but it's like a whole different feeling because I'm holding it in my hand. Right. And I just, if any kid is listening to this and they're like, oh, I just want to download my comic books onto my iPad. I'm just telling you, man, there's nothing that feels better than just, like, a fresh comic book in your hands true there's just nothing that there's nothing better like going down to the comic book store the saturday afternoon comic books came out when we were kids anyway right because like when i was a kid we had school during the week right. so i couldn't go on like couldn't go on I, I mean and it and in 1995 let's i'll just use that year as an example i don't know i don't know what day of the week the comics came out i'm not I'm, sure i'm gonna say probably still wednesdays but we had the same problem because most of us were in school yeah because we don't know but it wasn't as big of a deal so now like i look back on those days and I remember, like, specifically, Action Comics number 700. And I've talked about this comic before on the Action Comics 1000 episode. Right. And I remember I was, like, so excited for that book to come out. And I went there that Saturday morning, like, my buddy Skip and me were waiting outside the comic book store before they even opened. They unlocked the door. Bulldog Comics. Right. At the end of Yampa Avenue, they unlocked the door, and Shane opened the door. He's like, hey, what's up? I was like, I can't wait for Action Comics number 700. He's like, it's out, man. And we went in there and I grabbed a copy and I flipped through him and I grabbed the one that I thought that was in the best condition. He said, get the one that you want. And yep. He's like, all right. Like, it's good. It's a good one, man. It's a good one. And I bought it. I'm home and I read it. And it was just that feeling of just getting that comic that you waited weeks for. Cause it was like 696, 697, 698, 699. And it's like things are building up, building up. Right. Cause I, the internet wasn't, I mean, it was, it existed, but it, wasn't it, but it didn't exist. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like it was like a thing, but it wasn't. It was just like, and then when you grab that thing in your hands and you had it in your hands, it was like, I got it. It's, this is my thing. This is mine now. This right. is mine forever. Nobody can take this away. It's mine. I can take care of it. As long as I take care of it and I put it this back in this board, it's going to be in great condition. And it is, it's still in great condition. I still have it. Sit it back in the board. It's a, it's a comic book box. It's put away. It's, it is what it is. Right. And it's just like, and that's, and that's a thing that like, yeah, you can, you can do whatever you want digitally, but it's just like, it's not the same style. It's not the same. Cause it's not in your hands. When you can smell not, it. It's you not yours. It. Yeah. You don't, you first, you don't own it. Second, you don't, 
I mean, you 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 digitally own it, but that's not real. They turn off the internet tomorrow, and you don't have anything. Exactly. And as far as the book, the feel and the smell, and I know smell sounds stupid. I used to try to tell Dylan all the time, Crocodile Dylan. I get it. What the difference was, and one then finally one day he was in the comic book shop, and he's like, "Man, you know what?" Because at that point he never really been in there. Like he knew it was there, but you know he's always busy wrestling alligators or whatever he was doing. So as a thing. He never actually been inside the store. I mean, he had books at home, books he, that I had given him to read or he had bought for me and I delivered them to him. But he never actually been inside. And then when he finally got inside, he's like, oh, now I, now I see it. I, I couldn't see it before. So, like, it's a real thing. Not that the people listening to this don't know that, but as a thing, if that ever goes away, it's a real sad day. Anyway, so uh, there's that. I mean, support your local shops. I mean, everyone's having a hard time at this point, but once you get the stimulus checks, if they cover more than your rent... Let's hope. Um, you know, go down and help out your local businesses. Well, at this point, we're in it together. Yeah. Because, I mean, I mean, at this point, everybody's... Oh, yeah, everybody's, for sure. Everybody's effed. Yeah, it's a mess. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Anyhow, let's talk about some comic book stuff. Um, so let's start with Adam, or with... Uh, Strange Academy. Strange Academy. Number one, Marvel yes, Comics. Yes, Cool book, man. Yeah, written Scotty Young, art by Humberto Ramos. Who is... Uh, Top three, probably favorite comic <laughs> artists. He's fantastic. He's a great guy. I don't. I don't want to say top one because I have some extra extra favorites, but those guys are just like very few and far between. Sure. Like some Joe Mad. If Joe Mad did an entire issue of something, I'd be like, Joe Mad's my man because he is. Only happens occasionally. I know. Often. You know. I know. But Joe Mad's my man. You sure. know what I mean? Like let's sure. say let's say Joe Mad did an entire issue of Superman Batman. That'd be pretty cool. Unbelievable. Yeah, that'd McGinnis, that'd be pretty cool. Ed McGinnis. He's also also fantastic. Which, but Ed McGinnis gets whole issues done. He does. He he also can like get his is get ready to expletive. Okay, right right the time slot down. Ed McGinnis gets his shit done because he does. He just gets it done. Like the guy, like as unbelievable as he is, and and all the comic artists who just like are incredible, and like but Ed McGinnis gets it done. Sure, he's unbelievable. And then all, all fantastic. I mean, as far as writers, but Herbert Ramos is, is another one. He's just like he's a machine. He he, he gets it done. Oh, yeah. like, he, and when he does things, he does it well, and he does it because he loves it. And I, that's that's my thing. Like, there's a lot of other book like artists I could talk about, and I'm not going to. Because they irritate me, but like those are my those are my top three probably. Sure. Um, but Strange Academy number one, my Marvel comics. It's oh. um, also if you want, we, we do have an interview with uh, Humberto that's a few years old now, but he's a fantastic guy to talk to. This it, you just have to scroll through the episodes. I can't remember what episode it is, but he's listed in the write up for it. So rewind like we'll put it in the show notes. Four years maybe, but yeah, he's still a fantastic dude. More. Friend, yeah, friend of the show. A bunch of, he came and hung out the booth before the end of that particular show in Denver. It was pretty cool. Oh, we'll do it. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, no, it'll be good. That's true. So look in the show notes. So extra love because like this dude's, is dude's fantastic. I've actually been excited about this book for a while. I've been seeing the previews for it for a little bit, yeah. and like when CBS is like, oh, what books are you looking forward to? I should have said this book, but I was just like, ah. But I I didn't realize how good it was going to be. Um, so Strange Academy. It's about Doctor Strange. Basically making an academy, a school based on, or not based on, but like with a bunch of kids who have magical powers. It's going to be, it's going to be similar to like the X mansion, but it's like based on magic. Yeah. Some, same idea. Like if you know the Xavier school for mutants, but this is for magic. So like, yeah. 
So it basically, it, it, it centers around a character named Emily Bright. Yep. And she's a magician. And she was born with magical powers. And her parents know that she has magical powers. And they kind of just, like do what they can to like keep her in check. Tell her to hide it and not, not let people find it because it's so crazy. And there's one point where she's walking her dog. And her dog was down in front of a car. And she's able to like basically save the dog. She heals him, yeah. She heals it. Like, kind of takes it back in time where it never happens. Um, she's sitting under a tree with the same dog. And she like... Just like, it's like, I have this power and she starts doing stuff and she like makes these flowers grow. But when she does that, this tree comes alive and the tree just gets like super, super angry and starts attacking her and the dog. And so she starts fighting back and it knocks her down and she's fighting the tree. And then all of a sudden, like, I mean, the tree's winning kind of. Oh yeah. And the dog's there with her, but like, cause I, I mean, I always like, I'm a big fan of like a pet sidekick. Sure. Cause I have several of my own, but, uh, a character comes out and it's like, um, Hey, you might not be able to do it right now. She, you know, this Emily Bright, she's like, I can't do it. I can't beat this. I can't beat this thing. I don't know what to do. And then all of a sudden this character comes out and like, yeah, you might not right now, but one day you will. And she helps her and like defeats the tree. And she's like, um, you need to come to this school so we can help you train you to get you like to harness your powers and figure it out. And the parents are like, no, we're not, we're not sending our daughter away. And she's like, this is where she needs to go. Flash forward, she's like saying goodbye to the fan, the mom, the dad, and the dog, and so the dog's still okay, right? Because that's like you know the one thing you're most worried about. Like, sure, the dog okay, the dog's okay, right? And then um, you know the, the 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 one girl or woman who's teacher type person who's there, um, she's like she'll be okay. I'll I'll give you a call. Let you know what's going on. And they walk through a door, and then like they basically just walk out the front door of the house, but then, then they're in another dimension. And then in that dimension, it's like pure black. And they're like, uh, where are we? And she's like, hold on, hold on. And she's like, okay, here we are. And they open a door and then they're in Bourbon Street. New Orleans. New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And they're walking along. Like, we decided to put it here just because, like, this is such a weird, crazy place. So, like, if there's weird, crazy people walking around, people aren't going to notice it. So this is like, we're going to make the, we're going to make the, basically the storefront of this, of this school here. And it's like this big chain, like this big, like, I, cast iron gate. She had to touch touch the the crest on the, the crest on it, and mm-hmm. it, she touches it, and it opens up, and they walk in, and it's just like this beautiful, amazing like school, like lush, like foliage, crazy, oh, yeah, like full on university grounds that are hidden behind this and gated she, wall that literally has like a lot behind it. And she's like, "How does this all happen?" She's like, "Um, what do you think mm-hmm. the answer is?" And she's like, "Magic." She's like, uh, "Yeah." <laughs> right. And then it's like, yeah, Strange Academy. So this Scotty Young's the writer, Humberto Ramos is the artist, Edgar Delgado's the color artist, and VC's Clayton Cowles is the letterer. Um, so then you introduce some characters, um, some really cool ones, like a fairy girl named Shaylee. Um, you get the two Asgardian brothers, the two Asgardian twins. Um, Aaron, I think it's Alvin, Alvi, Alvi. Uh, Eerie and Alvy. Eerie. Well, Alvy well, wears the well, Shaley Moonpetal is is the fairy. Right. Pink and fairy-like. Yeah, and then it's Eric and Eric of Asgard and Alvy of Asgard. So I-R-I-C, Eric and Alvy of Asgard. And then there's like a, like a snow, a frost giant. And, and then Loki's there. 
Wait, what? Right. Uh, and Loki, you would think he's there on behalf of the uh, the boys, but he's not. He's there for the Frost Giant. So, like, getting her entered into the group, it's kind of crazy, because, like, she's huge. And both the boys react in a way that Asgardians would normally react to a Frost Giant. Like, they think they need to battle her. The craziest one, though, is, like, the son of Darmammu, basically, which is a pumpkin-headed fire... He looks awesome. He looks like a jack-o'-lantern man. But, like, that's a crazy idea. And there's, like, a flaming pumpkin-headed guy? That's the dude, yeah. Darmammu's... I can't remember what his name is, but he's, like... It's it's a... a, Yeah. He's Darmammu's son. Evil minion Darmammu... Like, I... I was like, why, what? But that, but he was talking about like a cup. I sorry, I wasn't sure if that was him, but he seems really cool. Oh yeah, like the way he acts in the book is very like not evil Dominion leader. It's c- kind of crazy, but like offshoot wise, he looks really cool. And he yeah, he seems pretty cool too. At least the way the, at least the way we see him in the first book, he's like way more chill than you think the Destroyer Worlds is. Yeah, and there's Doctor Doctor Voodoo, uh, Brother Voodoo, Brother Voodoo. Mm-hmm. He's there. He's one of the professors. And he's like, okay, here's the deal. You guys got matching keys? Whoever's your matching key? Because they, they walk them around. They walk on like, here's one, here's one room. And they hand out keys to each other, to well, each of the kids. They're like, we're going to give you two of the campus. They walk in one room. It's like, it's space. Basically, it's just space. <laughs> right. And they're like, and they walk in another room. It's like, it's literally a classroom. And they're like, oh, here's a library. It's like, okay, now everybody has a key. Here's the dormitories. Um, Whoever has a matching key with you, that's who you share a dorm with. And the twin guys are just like, we want a room together. Like, yeah, you guys aren't going to make friends with anybody if you don't. And, like, you're not going to learn and grow as people, as hum- as, as beings, not human beings, but beings, right. if you don't, if you don't, like, just grow. And so the Dormammu guy ends up with one of the twins, and the other twin ends up with... Um, I was a kid with the, the really little crazy kid yeah. with the, like, the jacket that, like, turns in a bunch of different stuff. I can't remember what his name um, is either. There's a lot of new characters in this book. Yeah. And, like, some of them we get a pretty good introduction to in the first issue, and a few of them they just name drop and, like, show part of their powers, and so. There, and, there, and there's a, or Toth from Swamp Wereworld. Oh, yeah. And he's, like, he's there, too, and he's just like, oh, I like swamps. And they're like, yeah, just watch out for swamp things. And he's just like, meet us at the other place. And they're just, you know, they're just a bunch of kids. Right. That with crazy powers in a weird place, and they're like, okay, so, and they kind of all... Are like coming to terms with the craziness of it, and then they're just like, "Okay, this is all good and well, but uh, where's Doctor Strange?" Right, and he just all of a sudden just like, exp- well, before that, sorry, and I need to like be- preface that. Right, before that, they ex- they they also introduce. We, we've already seen Loki. We've already seen Brother Voodoo. But right. they also introduce a few other people. So, um. So they just give us a list. Basically, show off the different teachers that, in theory, are supposed to be showing up to help these kids and learn. Hellstrom. Yep. Damien Damien Hellstrom. Yep. Nika Monroe. Yep. Scarlet Witch. Yep. Magic. And the Shaman. Right. Which Shaman we haven't seen in a while. And, like, group-wise, they're all from a bunch of different factions. You basically have an X-Men. You have a Runaways. You have the Son of the Devil, which is... Crazy. Who doesn't like the devil, though, by the way? I mean, you know, that's true, though. But he Damien, is the son of the Damien devil. He is, but he's not, like... He's a lot like what I think that the the son of the, the Dharmamu character. A lot what I think he's going to be like. Because Damien Hillstrom, even though he is uh, the son of the devil, he very much is against his father. So he's not uh, he's not your normal acolyte type. So there's that. He's cool, though, because in this, like, he's got, like, a shaved head with a beard. 
You still got the crazy pinning arm chest tattoo. Right. Like in the old days where well, I was Well, that's like, how you know it's him. <laughs> but, like, he's changed, which is cool. Yeah, they're... So, anyway. Cats teachers are pretty cool. So, they're like... Um, everybody's asking, like, oh, this is neat. Like, hey, but what about Doctor Strange? You tell me you're starting starting a magic school with the Sorcerer Supreme, and he's not going to be teaching us anything? And then... And it's like, that's a good question, Doyle. As you can imagine, he keeps very busy, whether it's providing counsel to the Mongoth or the Last Dimension or fighting a Thrillzill right here, right now. Kablam. And, like, Doctor Strange comes out, and he's just like, help, you do this, you do that. And he's just like, hey, do that, you do this, you do that. Basically, he just instructs him how to help him battle this thing that's come through this crazy hole in reality. And, like, yeah, he's instructing him just like... Basically, teacher would put right into the frying pan. And then he's like, and they're like, oh, yeah. And then uh, on the shoulder, something's eating. He's like, oh, yeah, right. And he, like, does a little thing. He's like, splat. And then, like, it blows up and it gets all over everybody. He's like, okay, where where were we? And like, we're in the final words of encouragement and inspiration to the very first class attending Strange Academy. And he just, like, gives his little spiel. He's like, this is what you're going to do. This is our first time. We're gonna hear, we're here to do this. But um, my only words of advice are try not to die. Boom. Try it to be continued. Right. And everybody's just like, uh, what? Because, <laughs> like, that was kind of intense for everybody. Oh, yeah, the whole battle sequence is pretty, like, it's it just is... Ramos's art's belie- unbelievably beautiful. Right. So, like, it looks amazing. Like, I mean, I did no justice at describing how the book goes. <laughs> like, if you love Humberto Ramos, you love Doctor Strange. If you love fun book- comic books, you love Marvel Comics. If you love anything comic book related, this is a great book to pick up. Oh, yeah, it's definitely fun. And it's a bunch of new cool characters, and Humberto's perfect for that. I mean, book-wise, when he was doing cliffhanger stuff for Image, then he had uh, Crimson, which was a vampire boy story, and a batch of kids around him, and how to deal with that, which was great. And they had uh, no California out there, which is also a batch of kids. So, like, the dude is great at drawing this style of book, hundred uh, percent. I mean, if you read any Spider-Man, chances are like you've seen his art. So, yeah, as far as the thing, his, awesome. His Spider-Man is incredible. Oh yeah, and that's where I first fell in love. Is like, oh my gosh, oh, Umberto Ramos. And then Crimson was great. Right, we talked about that. Like, yeah, like it, it was really great. Um, story was just like, eh. art was incredible. Oh yeah, I like the story for that one too. Strange things was it? Strange things or strangers? Uh, Remember that? Well, there's there were strange. Oh man, strange what was that things. I was maybe I don't remember what that one was called. But yeah, it was another one he did with a batch of kids characters. So yeah, he's got some other stuff out there. It was creator owned prior to you know doing a whole lot of Spider Man. Um, book wise, do you have a score for that book, Josh? Honestly, dude. I don't do this very often. And I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it hard. I'm gonna give it a five out of five. All right. I'm gonna give it a hard five. Like, not very often. I'm, I'm like, man, I like that book. The new, uh, the new Young Justice book. I'm like that about. I'm like, wow, the art's great. The writing's great. It's cool. It's a cool idea. It's a new idea. It's an idea that's been touched on like, kind of in other ways. But I give it a five out of five. It's a good book. Like I. Even if I wasn't a Marvel or a DC or an Image or Dark Horse or whoever I'm supporting, right, or whatever I like or whatever I don't like, art-wise, it's incredible. Story is incredible. It's a cool book. I, I, because I, it doesn't need to follow anything. Like this, this book can go on for months and months and months without being like, oh, it has to cross over with something else and fill in with this crossover, fill in with that craziness or this or this or that. It just 
It's just a good, solid, amazing book with good, cool characters and new characters right. who could be really, really cool. And old characters who are neat that could be really cool. Sure. Like Loki being a professor, but he also was like questioning everything, like Professor Snape style. Oh, yeah. And Hellstrom, who could be like, I don't know. I just, there's so many cool things. There's so many cool things. Yeah. As far as options in the world, like you said, there's lots of, uh, lots of things that they can do without having to worry about juggling the rest of the world with it. Uh, just the way it's designed is designed to work that way, which is really cool. Um, score wise, man, I give it four and a half. Like, it's solid. The covers are great. Even the, all the variant covers were cool too. The main cover is awesome because it's Humberto. As far as art, I mean, we've said a lot about the art. The art's great. It's fantastic. Story was really fun. Like, Scotty Young's also got another book he's writing for Image that's, uh, called, uh, Middle West. And it's great too. So the dude's got writing chops. I and mean, most people know him from his art from all the, uh, like the baby covers and when he was doing the Alice in Wonderland stuff. Uh, and the Fairyland book for Image. So the dude's got a cool art style too. But writer-wise, yeah, he's pretty sharp. I, I dig it. So yeah, I give it a four and a half. That was really good. Love it. Yep. Good stuff, man. Well, I guess we move on to another magic book. This is the uh, Hidden Society. This is from Dark Horse Comics. Uh, it's issue one. This guy's a four-part miniseries. Um, it's written by uh, Raphael Scavone, and the art is by Raphael Albuquerque. Um, as far as uh, art, I mean, Albuquerque's awesome. Uh, you've seen him do Batman. You've seen, he's worked for Marvel and DC both. Um, as far as a book series, it's a miniseries, so new kind of thing. Um, I dig it a lot, actually. Like I really like Raphael's art. Um, the way the book opens up, we start out, and it tells us what year it is. It's supposed to be 1979. And uh, we're in a bar, and there's a batch of guys playing cards. And from the dialogue, we know that the card game has been going way past closing, and the bartender's waiting for it to be done. And the two, two of the guys playing are both... Angry at the guy who's dressed more sharky. He's in a business, like, he, he's in, like, a full-on suit with, uh, not business suit, sorry, like a suit jacket and, like, a button-up red blazer. He'd be the shark-type guy you would expect to see that's, you know, Dylan Dirty. And, of course, we find that to be the truth, eventually. Um, as they're playing, they get told, yeah, this has got to be the end of it, guys. Like, I need to close up. You said half hour, three hours ago, so we need to close. And about that time, we see a door open, and in walks, um, this lady. Who's um in like a suit jacket? It's got a red scarf, white shirt, fingerless gloves. You know, normal badassery. And she walks in. She's like, "Can you guys believe you're the only place still open in this town?" And uh, she walks up to the bar and orders a drink. And it's what she orders is this. She holds. Or, she orders Old Crow. And I don't know if Old Crow is a real drink because that's not really my bag. But the bartender asks, like, it's the, like, the worst kind of drink to have. Like, it tastes the worst. It's the worst kind of thing. He's like, I might still have some of that. It's disgusting. And she's like, yep, serve it up. And, uh, the guys go on playing a game. And while she's talking to the bartender, she, uh, winds up asking if, uh, the guy playing cards, the, the shark guy is, uh, is Ricky. And, uh, she's like, Ricky, Ricky Basson. Bas, no, Bas, Basno, Basno. And the, the bartender's like, yeah, you know him? He's been keeping him going all night. And about that time, Ricky calls that he's all in, and if you want to see his card, you have to match the pot. Um, of course, about that time, we see a, a card slip out of his sleeve, and he has been cheating. And one of the guys calls him on it, and the other guy says, yeah, I have that same ace in my hand. I told you about that earlier. And he's like, oh, so you guys have been playing against me? Two against one? 
about that time, he flashes a piece and lets them know that uh, they're not going to leave with their money. And the bartender ushers him out the door to keep keep things polite, I guess. Um, and of course, he uh, winds up winds up taking them out, um, or not, no, he winds up moving them outside to the, the street and tells Ricky he's got to get out of there. So he leaves with uh, our lady, and uh, as they're walking down the, uh, the, it's not a boardwalk, but it's like next to the harbor, so like a gross kind of derelictic type area, very Gotham-like. And uh, she she winds up introducing herself as Mercy, and he's basically just picking up on her. He's like, yeah, a pretty lady like you is not from around here. What are you doing this side part of town this late at night? It's dangerous. But don't worry, you're with Lucky Ricky. You'll be fine. I'll take care of you. I got some money. We'll get a room. And partway through that, uh, they get a little close, and best we can tell, she drains his soul from him and leaves him for dead. And she tells him, yeah, good luck, Ricky, without your soul. And as he leaves his husk of, husk of body on the ground smoking, we cut to another another character. Um, another lady, redhead, um, a bigger girl. She's got a set of dark sunglasses on, and they tell us it's only a few blocks away, so where she is is very close to where Ricky was. And she's being followed by a bunch of thugs that look very like, if you know the movie The Warriors, that's basically what they look like. Uh, leather, leather jackets, no shirts, knives, leather pants. And they're following her down the aisle, and they are following her down this alleyway, and they basically decide they're going to rob her. But she's walking with her guide dog, and we see her using her cane, so she's blind. And, of course, they think she's going to be an easy target. And as they basically threaten her, they want to ask her about her, her little gold medallion on her shirt, her pendant. And she tells them what it is, and she takes it off. And from there, she winds up summoning something that takes the guys out pretty readily. Um, and then when we cut to see what it actually is, it's this little goat-headed, floating, flying genie, basically. And, uh... Yeah, he he handles them pretty pretty. She she's like, oh, you can't kill any of them. He's like, oh, don't worry, they're not dead. They're gonna be real sore in the morning, but they're not dead. And uh, we want to find out that she is Laura, and uh, and our little blue devil genie thing is Orcus, uh, O R C U S or Orcus. I think that's how you say it. Anyhow, um, well, as the two of them are talking afterwards about how she's not so sure she likes what he's been doing and how he handles things. We see this magical portal open up with all this green smoke coming out of it, and there's a basically a wizard that steps out of it, a man with a turban, split beard, older man, and he seems to know the genie, and he introduces himself as Allo, uh, or Ulo, it's U-L-L-O-O, and uh, he's like, yeah, it's been a long time, he's like, you guys are going to have to come with me. And then we cut to there to another party, who's, uh, at this point, removed in time, it says a few hours later, and it's a little boy who's basically like magic top hat and suit coat, preparing for a magic show that is something that's being televised. So he's very like what a Deborah Copperfield would be. And uh, we have a set guy come behind him. He's like, oh, are you ready for the show yet? He's like, ah, magic, I'm always ready. But he, the way he acts with the magic is almost like most of it's mad, like, like smoke and mirror style. But some of the stuff he does is not smoke and mirrors. And I don't think he knows the difference. And if he does, he's not clear that he knows it. But uh, as he's getting ready to leave his dressing room, he's like giving himself the, you're going to get a guy with the point of the fingers at the mirror, like checking himself out. We see the same wizard's face appear and speak magic words to him. And he freaks out at first and the face disappears. He's like, oh, that's a great trick. Huh. And off he goes to the set to perform his magic show. 
Well, it turns out his magic shows to make the uh, this giant bridge disappear. And uh, as he's doing what he's doing, nothing happens. And, of course, the crowd starts laughing, starts laughing at him, and he starts trying to do the spell even harder, because what's supposed to happen is, is an illusion where the bridge disappears for TV and for the audience, and it's not real. It's all, you know, mirrors, tricks. And then partway through him trying to cast the spell, he really does cast it, and the bridge really does disappear, and... In the process, he's like, oh, finally the special effects works. And he turns and he sees the stage assistant holding the box, showing it's not plugged in, that's supposed, what's supposed to turn on the illusion, is not hooked up. And it's the kid freaks, and he runs off stage. And about that time, he's in his dressing room freaking out, and the magic face comes to him again and transports him away. While the police show up, pissed that the bridge is gone, because it's really gone. So we join uh, our, our young lad, Jadu, J-D-O-O, Jadu, 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 however you would say that. J-D-D-O? J-A-D-O-O, Jadu, Jadu, J-A-D-O-O, Jadu, 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 yeah. Well, he's joined in a room, and he's there with uh, our blue demon and our and our uh, blind lady and the wizard, and the group of them start talking about he needs their help to help prevent something. And, uh, meanwhile, we find our, uh, assassin or hunter lady walking through the streets, looking through her book. And in her book, earlier when she was at the bar, we saw the book, and inside the book, the name of the man she joined the soul from was inside the book. What exactly the book has to do with anything, don't know yet, but it seems like a hit list, and she's carrying it with her. And as she's flipping through, she finds a, side, finds a page, and she stops and says, well, I guess it's about time to do this one. And we get to see the page, and the page has the wizard's name on it. So Yulo, the U-L-L-O-O. And she's like, well, I guess it's about time. And she pulls up this, like, six-shooter revolver. And we see her bust into the room where everyone else is waiting. And she's like, hang on, what the crap? And that's where the first issue ends, because she wasn't expecting all these people to be here. And what exactly her deal in life is, best I can tell, she's supposed to be some type of magical bounty hunter, I guess? Because um, we don't, like, the first issue is, is we meet all the characters, but it's not clear exactly how they're supposed to fit yet. Um, so issue two, I assume, will explain that. But they all seem really cool. I mean, the kid's kind of, whatever, I mean, he's a kid. So, interesting that, uh, yeah, he managed to make the entire bridge disappear, because it's not like a small bridge. And uh, the people there were pretty pissed about it, so that was pretty cool. So it'll be interesting to see what the rest of the book does. I mean, I, I dug it. I like the setup a lot. I can easily see it turn into a movie. Um easily. I love Rapa, love Raphael Albuquerque's art. Um, Score-wise, I give it a four. It was real fun. I mean, it's not characters you know, but uh, it was a pretty neat read. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they all fit together and what Mercy's real deal is. Because best I can tell, she might be there to assassinate all of them, and they just happen to all be there. And her magic book, like what that has in it with the names, I, I don't know if it's a hit list or what exactly it's supposed to be. So, I mean, that's really interesting to me, too. But yeah, score-wise, I give it a four. I think it's awesome. Um, I dig Dark Horse weirdness, so I, I think it's great. So here's my question. Hmm. This, this this affects my reading. You might know. Okay. How many is this a mini series? It's only four part. Yeah. Okay. So in that in that case, I give it a three seven five. Okay. Because um, if it was going to be an ongoing, I'm like, man, you're all over the place, like. If you want, but like, 
they're going to, there's a lot of, you have to get a lot out in a short amount of time. I understand that. So if it's four part, I got to get a lot out in a short amount of time. I get a three, seven, five. I love the art. Art's incredible. Oh, yeah. The writing's a little jumpy. Well, we do cut back and forth between but characters. Again, but yeah, it is a mini series of a bunch of new characters. So like, you know, but I, I'm three, seven, five, pretty high on my vote. Yeah. So, yeah. but it's good. I liked it. Um, yeah, I like I like the uh, blanking on her name like that the character with like the crazy pistol. Oh, Mercy, Mercy, mm-hmm. like the black leather jacket. She's a really really cool character. Like I'd actually like to make a custom action figure at her because she's a, oh, yeah. she's a really cool figure. She lends herself real well to a set of these. Uh, like, like the the cool red scarf, the black leather jacket, yeah. like the revolver. Like she's she seems really cool. I could I mean she's a cool character. I'd be, I'd be into making a custom action figure about out of her or make like sending an email to boss Fight studios being like, Hey guys, check out the comic book. <laughs> you should look at this book. Cause it's got some cool stuff. Yeah, in cause, it. cause they're cool. Well, so. they do those weird, they do those weird, like, uh, oh gosh, the, the centaurs and stuff too. So like, I can see him doing a blind lady with a pet genie. If that's what he really is. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. And she does have a really cool look. Like character wise, she does. Cool. Um, so we're, on right. the big, we're on to the big book. Yeah, Flash number 750. Which DC's has been like shooting these out. Like. Well, this is the second 750. And like, number wise, they're returning to the classic numbers with um, Flash and with Wonder Woman both. Um, they did the same, well, not the same thing, a similar thing when they returned to the original numbers for Action and, and Batman, but that was the beginning of Rebirth. Because they never should jump the numbers in the first place. Silly. Um, that, so why they did that at that all? That crap's so so dumb. Yeah, it was annoying. But as a thing, for those two books specifically, just because they only had one volume and they run so long, that doing that to those two particular books was a misstep. But as far as this, we're returning to the classic numbers, and they did it as a big event. And uh, book-wise, it's it's an anniversary for the Flash too, and we're getting a batch of anniversary books here in the next two or three months, provided shipping continues or starts up again. Because uh, so far we've had one come out, which was the Robin 80th anniversary book. That was also another like five story set, so kind of like the same idea, but with uh, Robin as the main focus, and not just one Robin, like all the Robins, different stories for each guy. So Grayson, Jason, Tim, Stephanie, you know. Anyway, different book. Before we start that. This prelude the next episode we talked about already. Oh yeah, we were talking about doing a uh, Young Justice. I don't know, I go over Young Justice, so rather than a bunch of books, just following a... So, so you don't know about, like, Tim Drake t- changing his name? Oh, yeah. It just doesn't appear in this particular... The special didn't happen. That happens in Young Justice. I know, but how do you feel about that? I mean, it's weird. I think, I think it's a little weird. Because he's like, oh, I'm going to change my name to a really, like, really powerful bird. Not really. Well, it, that's not the weirdest part about it. But... I mean, we, we save that for another episode. Okay, I was just curious. I mean, yeah. yeah, let's prelude that. Okay, yeah, cool. that's weird. We can talk about it afterwards. It's fine. Silly nonsense. Okay, so I'll do the first story, and then we'll just trade back and forth. Um, so, uh, again, this is a book that has uh, multiple stories. Um, the first one is uh, uh, written by uh, Joshua Williamson, who's the current Flash writer. And uh, it's got... There's a lot of artists on it, so I'm, I'm not going to skip over the artists. I'm sorry about that, guys. But there's so many of you on this book, that would be just ridiculous to try to go through all the names. Uh, anyway, we open up and we've got a guy sitting in a restaurant talking to a lady and they're having a cup of coffee. He talks about how the Flash changed his life. And uh, he's basically recanting his run-in with the Flash. And we wind up finding out that prior to him having his current job and this f- lady with him, 
um, which I think I think they're married. I don't, I'm not sure about that. They tell us what they are, but they're connected. Anyway, so he's telling her the story about how he met the Flash, how the Flash saved his life, and uh, he fell in hard times and uh, finally decided he was going to rob a bank. And the process of doing that, he gets into the bank. He's got the gun with him. And he's getting ready to do it, and he decides, you know, I can't. These people, they're just like me. I, I can't. I can't do this. And as he gets ready to try to call it, um, Heatwave shows up, and Heatwave is there to definitely rob the bank. And he's shooting fire everywhere, burning people, and basically Captain Cold, but like the other side. Oh, well, it's Heatwave. I know, but it's but like yeah. basically same idea. If you don't know who Heatwave is, it's a Captain Cold, but like. Right. Fire instead of cold. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. If you watch Legends of Tomorrow, this is uh uh Mick in the Legends of Tomorrow. He's uh the guy played by Dominic Purcell, who I think is fantastic also. Because I, I like the, the guy a lot. He's cool. Anyway, so in the process of the bank being robbed, um our guy winds up getting away and uh as he's outside the bank, basically getting ready to be torched by Heatwave, because Heatwave just burned everything and he happens to be in the way. Well, something grabs him and saves all the people in the bank also. And it turns out it was the Flash. And the Flash delivers him outside the employment office for Central City Career, Central City Career Center. And his gun's gone. So the Flash knew he had the gun. And rather than just deliver him to the police, instead he put him in front of the, 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 the employment center. And uh, set his life on a totally different path. He's like, I don't know if I ever get to see the Flash again, but if I, if I could, I would really like to thank him. And basically, we see behind them, we cut back to the restaurant as he's finishing his words, and behind him, we see the street um, completely empty, and then all of a sudden, the Flash runs through all crazy and uh, delivers a whole bunch of people into the street. So whatever the Flash is doing, he's saving other people and just running through the city, you know, doing Flash stuff. Um, as the story moves forward, we uh, jump to a flashback where we see a bunch of uh, other characters that are connected to the Flash. And uh, we get a reveal of something that happened in a past issue where we had a time travel the Flash show up trying to warn our current Flash about a character named Paradox. Um, we cut from there to joining um, um, Barry and Iris in there at the Flash Speed Lab. And uh, he's talking about how he feels bad that a... He's not... So there's, there's Captain Cold, which is the, the bad guy from our reality. But we've had a different Captain Cold... Um, with him helping him from a different reality, um, and that one got dead. Uh, he was called Com- he was the, he was Commander Cold, but he was a good guy versus a bad guy, and he'd been helping the Flash. Anyway, during another issue previous to this one, he wound up dying, and of course the two of them are talking. They lament that for a little bit. He tells he winds up getting called for more danger. And he's got to go, and Iris is like, "Oh yeah, go ahead." And I understand, you know, you're the Flash. You have to do what you have to do, and off he runs. It's so the next big return, and we have a little girl, and she's holding a drawing, and she's talking about the time she was saved by the Flash. And she turns a picture around, it's a giant picture of a monkey, so it's Gorilla Grodd, drawn by a kid. And then it, there's a drawing where the Flash is punching out Gorilla Grodd. And we are in this part's brilliant. Oh yeah, it's great. It's Absolutely so good. Brilliant. Yeah, it's so good. Um, and so she basically is talking about how there was a monkey there that was there to stop and hurt and crush everybody. And the Flash saved everyone and put the monkey away and then saved the kids and got them ice cream. <laughs> so it's all, it's, it's, it's so cute. And it's only like two pages, but it's so awesome. Like the art is great. Like it's so cool. It's so good. Yeah. Um, well, we want to find out the reason he was running off is that he was called to come and investigate a crime scene, which if you don't know, Barry, which you should know if you know the Flash at all, Barry Allen's a forensic, like a forensic investigator. 
He's not the Fore- funny. Forensic. 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 Whatever. <laughs> he investigates crime scenes and does science and is really smart. He's, he's not a- he's not the funny one. He's the sciencey one. Cop one. Anyway, um so he's he shows up and his friends like, Oh man, I it's really great to get your help, and I, I know you, you know, got a busy life with the wife and everything, blah, 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 blah. And of course, he doesn't have any ideas to flash, so. And the, the joke for his life is that he's always late, um, as Barry Allen, because he's the flash everywhere else. Anyway, so there's a joke about that a little bit, and the two of them start investigating these, this crime scene, and as they're going through it, of course, he observes things different than the police do, which is the whole reason I got a hold of him in the first place. He winds up finding this piece of glass, and the piece of glass, is the real key to who caused this problem. And we get a flash of it for a second, and we see it's a piece of glass with a bunch of rainbow colors inside of it. And as they're back at the lab, like looking at through, through a microscope at it, as soon as they realize who it is that caused the problem, well, Barry disappears for a second in the background, then reappears, and there's a call from downstairs that someone's been turning at the front desk. And uh, they're both called to come downstairs to see who it is. And it turns out it's the Rainbow Raider. So the Flash, once they realized who the bad guy was, Barry changed the Flash, ran off and got him, and delivered him to the police. So he could be processed and taken care of, and of course, uh, his friend's like, oh, thanks a lot for your help, Barry, you know, I don't know how the Flash solved it before we did, but apparently he did. And uh, then, of course, we cut from there to Iris showing up, and so she's there to visit. As she's there talking to him, he winds up looking inside her bag, and he finds a story, and he reads part of what it is. And it turns out she's working on a story about people that have been saved by the Flash. So she's been doing interviews and getting all these eyewitness, eyewitness accounts of him. And he's like, what is this? She's like, oh, you weren't supposed to see that yet. And so he starts kind of going through it. And the next couple pages, we get all these like short story pieces from different characters. So you join this kid who's talking about how he was saved by the Flash. And this old man, his dog, and he was saved by the, from the, by the Flash from the, uh, oh gosh, not the Weather Wizard, but the, uh, Trickster. And we have a lady that was saved, and they just go through so many little short stories about how the Flash saved these people's lives, and the next few pages is all that. Just eyewitness accounts of things that he had done as the Flash, and how without the Flash, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be alive. And then we cut back, and Barry's like, oh, I don't know what to think of this, you know? I don't know if I, I live up to this representation of myself. Like, I don't, the Flash is bigger than me. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't think I deserve this praise. She's like, you don't understand. Like, you totally do. Like, all this stuff. This is what people appreciate. This is what people need you for. This is, you know, you, you deserve every piece you get. And about that time, we get a, a big batch of lightning that appears, and out of the Speed Force comes Godspeed. Now, Godspeed, newer character, the Flash Mythos, as a thing. I mean, maybe the last four or five years. And he, Secret Origin style, he was one of the other scientists working in the lab when Barry was changed. So he's new to canon, based on New 52 and Rebirth. And uh, for a while, he was... I don't know, he's kind of a villain, kind of... He's not just a straight villain, because Barry knows that it's his friend. And even though his friend is basically just jealous of Barry, and they have fought, it's not like they ended on bad terms. Him showing up is weird, but... It's not like Barry just straight thinks they're going to fight. And, of course, uh, he winds up chasing him. He's like, what are you doing here? Like, what's going on? Do you need my help? Can I help you? Like, what can I do to help you? I know, you know, I, I want to help. And uh, as he chases him, he winds up leading him to the Flash Museum. And uh, we get a 
a bunch of cool flashbacks of different timelines, and the entire time this is going on, like, Godspeed's basically reading, reading the riot act. Things you do changes entire realities, and you do without the second thought of a hat, and everybody else's reality just can bend to your whims, blah, 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 you know, like, very, how's it okay for you, but not okay for me, style. And we get a flash of the two flashes running to save the man, where it was Jay Garrigan, Barry Allen, the classic cover. And we get a flash of, uh, the, uh, uh, Flashpoint world with Thomas Wayne and with the Annie Monitor and all these big events that happen with uh, with Barry and then we get a flash of uh, even Heroes in Crisis for a second and from there when we finally stop we're at the foot of the Flash Museum and here is the uh, the crazy nightmare villain who is here to unravel the Flash and stop him from the things he's done this is Paradox and he's basically like Blue Lightning crazy kind of skull face looking thing with uh, a red cape and Godspeed's kneeling behind him and he tells Godspeed once this is done I'll finally give you what you want and Barry of course can't understand why Godspeed's wanting to work with him and he tells him if you want what you re- if you really want you want what you need Godspeed you have to kill the flash that's where we kind of leave but the two of them pitted against each other by this maniac that looks like a doomsday with a cape and Man, yeah, Doomsday, I don't know. He, his looks really pretty cool, but he's like a blue lightning monster, and, <laughs> you know, has a red cape. So, anyway, uh, from there we get a really kind of cool, like, a one-shot panel of all the flashes sort of running, so it's got a, it's just, it's just an image, like a, I don't, not an alternate cover, but like a piece of art. And we've got Wally, both Wallys, Barry, Jay, and uh, Kid Flash all running inside of it, and it's really pretty cool. There's actually a lot of pieces of paneled art throughout the book. And it, yeah, it's really cool. Anyway, this story is what ends. It leads forward to number 751. So, as far as stories are concerned, uh, this would be the first one that leads on to the next issue. Um, there's a whole bunch of other backup issues in, or backup stories in here. And as far as titling, I mean, they, 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 I, think, I think the, before we get there, the end story is like bigger, a bigger deal than like that story. It is for what is supposed to happen in the future. This is the story that connects to the next chapter. So if you're going to read 751, this first story is what leads to it. This is the whole battle between him and Godspeed. Yeah, the, the Wally, the end is the Wally super crazy. crazy. It is. And then there's also a different flash. So that's the main reason. Um, our second story is called Beer Run and it, it features Captain Cold, not Commander Cold. It opens up with Captain Cole basically watching a hockey game. This is my. This is actually like of all the cool, crazy, insane stuff that happens in this book. I'll, I'll, I'll run through this one for you. Like this is my favorite story. It's such a good story. It's pretty so cool. well written. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, when it comes to art wise breaking down, like I'm not. I'm not going to break down each. No, like, fine. like like you talked about. Like, but like these are all shorter. Like, so it stops. It starts with a uh, Keystone City. Like it shows, like it's like it shows, like the old cityscape and like the the cold rising kind of thing, and like a hockey game on a TV and a hand grabbing a beer, and the you know the Captain Cold like jacket in the closet, and then a guy drinking a beer, and then like a picture of the Rogues Gallery, and which it has like. The Magician, Captain Boomerang, and Captain Cold, and Mirror Master, and I mean, I could go. I mean, there's, there's like one, two, three, four, oh, yeah. five, six, it's, seven. It's eight, a whole, it's a whole ten of rogues. Nine or ten. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I can name them all, but I'm like, uh, it's a family. It's like a family picture kind of scenario, which it is. Because yeah. I mean, because the Flash, 
I mean, honestly, the Flash has the biggest rogues gallery of. I mean, he does. He does have comparatively between Batman, Superman, but his rogues gallery is different because his rogues gallery they like work together. They're like a and 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 there's like there's a. uh, it's like the mafia. Like the mafia has a thing where like you don't kill women and children. Right. You don't do this. You don't do that. Like there, there's like there's a uh a it's a code. code. Yeah. And and like the rogues gallery has a code. They do. And it's it's cool. Like that that's uh-huh. what's cool about the Flash's rogues gallery. Like, like the flat and you know Jeff Johns helped create that. Oh yeah. And so anyway, so next scene it's like it's obviously Captain Cold. He's like sitting he's like sitting in a chair recliner like watching a hockey game. There's like a TV broadcaster, like, don't forget the annual Flash celebration tomorrow in your sister city across the bridge. Entrance to the Flash Museum will be free, blah, blah, blah. And he, like, opens his fridge and, like, he's out of beer. He's like, <laughs> he's like, damn it. So, uh, so he puts on his outfit, like, you know, I mean, because it's, like, obviously he's Captain Cold, so he's, like, puts on his, like, nice, his warm jacket, and he, like, walks to Keystone Liquor. And he, he walks down there, and he grabs a grabs a case of beer. And he looks at this kid that walks in, and like he's like, I see it as soon as the kid walks in, his pocket is weighed down by one and a half pounds and locked in loaded metal. And the kid's like, you can tell the kid's scared in the, the, the art. He's like, this is my corner store, kid. Go find someplace else to use that thing. And Captain Cold pulls out his, his you know. It's cold, right? His cold gun. Yeah. And the kid's just like pulls out his pistol, and he's like, oh. He's like, look, I'm giving you a shot here. I don't have my goggles on. I'm not working tonight. But you recognize the suit, don't you? And he's like, put that gun away or I'll shoot. He's like, look, kid, all I want to do is pay for this and walk home. Don't ruin my night and yours. And the kid, and somebody's like, oh, my God, Captain Cold's robbing us. And like, it's the lady, the cash register is like, yeah, freaks yeah. out because she recognizes and, Captain Cold. And the kid's like, give me the money. Here, wait, wait, wait till I call the cops. Do you press the button? I'll shoot your ass. And he's like, I was going to let this off with the warning, but F it. And he shoots the kid and freezes him. And he's like, I only froze your outer layer, so you should be you should be fine. So hear me. Get up the gun I don't, and stay in school. And the, and the, the woman's like, take the, take the money. He's like, I don't want your money. And as a matter of fact, I'm taking my beer, and here's my money. I don't want to freeze anything. And like he's like, And he like puts his, his money down. He's like, and then like outside, they're like, come out with your hands up. And he like puts his goggles on, like, dang it shakes his head and he blasts out he's like I don't want to miss the third period because the kid, the guy just wants to watch a hockey game exactly he just wants to watch his hockey game yep. drink a beer and chill out you know and he shoots the cop car freezes it and the, the helicopter's there and it flashes down so he shoots the helicopter freezes it and it's like then it flashes to Wally West right and Wally West it's like was it like and it shows like the newspaper from the night before. And she's like, was anybody hurt? And she's like, eh, well. He's like, he knew it was a big thing, and it was a big thing to flash. You turn up the east side, and he's like, well, just glad everyone's okay. He's like, yeah, it still is millions of dollars of property damage. He's like, yeah, but Kevin Cole knew I was out of town somehow. He's like, Wally, why do you let, like, why do you let him get under your skin like this every time? He's like, because I know what he does, why he does this. It's a brilliant move, and, and that's it. And it just like, and it shows like the hockey team, and they 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 win, and it's just like Captain Cold ripped through Keystone on the eve of the Flash celebration, and tell me he's better than me to terrorize my city because he hates me to say you don't celebrate tomorrow without worrying about me. 
I mean, what other reason is there? And it just shows, like, Captain Gold sitting there just drinking or watching hockey. And, like, Captain Gold just wanted to have a beer. Right. Just wanted to sit there. And, like, and, he, and I always kind of look at me personally. I look at Captain Cold as kind of leader of them. For the rogues, I mean, he basically is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they all kind of, like, look at him with their, that respect. And he's and he's always the one who's like, no, we respect speedsters. You don't, you never kill a speedster. He's the one that's like, I remember, like, multiple books, like, like somebody killed a speedster one time. And he's like, you don't kill a speedster. And then, like, one of the rogues killed the guy that killed the speedster. Yep. And it was just like, it was like a big deal. He's like, there's that code. And I love that. And, like, and he's like, Captain Cold's like, he's that guy. And I like that. Like, he's like... He's 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 definitely a villain for sure, but he's not like he's not an anti-hero. No, but he just like the dude just wanted to have a beer, watch <laughs> hockey that night. You know, like I like, I just I get it. You know, like sometimes like it's a pretty fun little story. I know yeah. it's it's a it's great. I just I have that I have that in my heart. Like I'm not saying I'm like I'm not a super real by any means, but like there's just days it's like I just want to sit here and watch soccer, and then just things happen, man. Sure, you know, just like it's like oh right. Well, and that one, it, it, that one is written by Jeff Johns. Um, ours in it was, uh, Scott, uh, Collins. So yeah, I mean, it's a Jeff Johns story, which makes a lot of sense considering it's one of, one of Jeff Johns' rogues, really. I mean, I don't think he created the, any of those rogues, really, but the way he uses them is very awesome. Um, anyway, so we move from there on to the third story. Uh, the third story is Why You, and it's, uh, it's Francis Manipool, who also did a lot of the Jeff Johns, um, stories art. But it's him, and, uh, and, uh, Brian Barceletto that are writing it. Um, art is by Francis Manipool, which, uh, you should know him if you'd read any of the, uh, beginning of the New 52 Flash. He was writing and doing art for it also. And he did a whole lot of the art for the Jeff Johns run the Flash. Uh, so he's fantastic. Great artist. Good writer. Dude's awesome. He's actually a really great guy too. Like he's, Ross has a crypto picture of him at his home. Or a crypto picture he did. He painted. Dude's fantastic. Anyway, um, so we open up the, this part of the story. We have Barry uh, in a rush to try to meet Iris. They're there for a date. They're having a bubble tea, which is kind of weird. But, I mean, it's a thing, so, I mean, whatever. And as they're talking, like, she's she's basically questioning him, like, you know, your life's so hard being the Flash. Does it always have to be you? And she's like, why does it have to be you? And he basically just goes into his... It, it's like it's not like in his mind, but he basically jumps into the speed force and is like, "Why does it have to be me?" And he chases through a bunch of different realities, and so we get a bunch of cool alternate versions of things. Like he shows up in one reality, and we have what looks like an attack of the city by Gorilla Grodd, but it turns out the truth is the Gorilla Grodd's actually the Flash in this reality, and what he perceives initially is Grodd smashing things, but what he's really doing is saving the people and getting them out of the way. And when he sees the lightning in, the, in Grodd's eyes, he's like, "Oh." Here you're, here you're me. And we see Grodd save this little girl and her mom, and from there he flashes to another reality. In this reality, he sees a science experiment happen in the lab, what he thinks is the science experiment happening in the lab, and it's him in a coat, and then he's joined by a speedster, and this speedster is Iris. And in this world, she became the Flash, and uh, he's basically giving her some chemicals to help whatever she's trying to chase and fix forensic-wise. So in this world, their roles are very are reversed entirely. And uh, he gets a very different look on what the world is. And then we jump from, to, from there to another reality. In this reality, we have this little kid, 
And it's this little girl who rides around on a bike. She's got the flash power and she's reading a flash comic book. And it's really funny because the book she's reading is volume one of the flash for new 52, which is freaking great. And like, as he's watching her trying to use science to become the flash and be like the flash and she, her whole thing is she's, she's, she's not actually the flash. She's trying to create her own event to become the flash is what's happening. And like, as a thing, it's really kind of cool because, like, he sees this this person's inspired by him to be like him, and then from there we join the coffee shop. And Iris is like, "Hey, where'd you go? Are you are you still?" It's like he's there, but mentally he's not. Like he's checked out. And uh, they finish their tea date, and they're leaving. And she's he's talking to her. He says, "You know, I don't always have to be. It doesn't have to be me. I mean, it could be you. It could be Gorilla Grodd." And she sort of laughs it off, and he goes, "But I've gotten so much more from the Speed Force than I." than I've ever taken from it. Like, I've gotten so much from it, and it's given me so much more than I've ever done for it. So I don't have to be the Flash, but I'm really glad I am. And she's like, you know, I can live with that because you're a really good man, Barry Allen. And they basically leave their date. And that's the way that little story ends. And it's really kind of cool because the, the way the art works is really awesome, and the whole thing with the little girl and the and the, the dirt bike riding around in the snow trying to be... She wants to be the Flash, and here she is reading the books that that these guys made. Kind of awesome. And, like, the art's fantastic, because, I mean, it's Francis Manipul, and the dude's great. It's a really cute little... Yeah, it's a cool story. It's the Mirror Master one? Uh, yeah, the next one is the Mirror Master story. Uh, the art is by Riley Rossmo. Uh, Mar- I don't... Marv Wolfman's writer. Oh, that's right, Marv Wolfman. That's a good one. Which, if you don't know who Marv Wolfman is, if you watch the crossover for the DC um, Crisis on Infinite Earths, the last episode... Um, of the crossover, the old man that Stan leaves it on the pier with Supergirl and Flash, that is Marv Wolfman. Uh, he's the one with the comp, gets him to autograph his picture, and he's like, I always love when you guys team up. It, that's Marv Wolfman. That's the guy in real life. Anyway, so there's that. I think I've said that on the show before, but there you go. Sorry. You didn't tell us about the Mirror Master? So, he's fighting the Mirror Master. Mm-hmm. Run through... Master's yelling in different mat, like different mirrors. He starts smashing. He's like, um, but in case you're going to be, to be more like 10 to 20, cause like Mirror Master's like taunting him. And he starts smashing mirrors, like, it's all of them behind bars. And he's like, and he's like, normals reflect light for left and left for right, but mine do big small. So the, the, the flash starts like shrinking. Right. Which is crazy. Oh yeah, while while the two of them are fighting, with like, the way the mirrors are working and affecting the Flash is completely wild, and yeah, it's basically trying to shrink him out of his existence. The mirror master super jumps into crazy like height. Yeah, becomes a giant version of himself, and he puts him under glass. He's like, "No, you slammed that glass down. Not only did it not break, it didn't make a sound. So you're all reflections." Yeah, the Flash realizes that he's just being tricked. He's like, "So you won't even be ready, be ready when the real me strikes and." He like shoots a thing out and like hits Barry. Is it Barry or Wally? It doesn't really. I don't know this one they don't say, but I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be Barry. I think so the only I story. I thought Mirror Master was more Wally, but so I'm not, I'm not sure. Right. It's weird, but like then all of a sudden, like well, like the Flash's head starts growing. Like and he's like, uh, "Don't let your reflection be a problem." And he hits him, and then all of a sudden he kind of turns into like a weird like robot looking thing, and he's just like like he's like. This can be happening. I'm being turned into a puppet, like kind of like a mar- marionette puppet. Oh yeah, the Flash turns into a full-on like 
Yeah, a string puppet. Like, Mary, yeah, that's exactly like, what it is. He used to do everything, I tell you. Now I'm, t- I'm pulling all the strings. And he's like, never. And he's like, what? He's like, welcome to the mirror world. I created it. I created it to recapture your reflections and turn them into an army of flashes. And he's like, doesn't matter how many of you there are, Scudder, there aren't fast enough to capture me, but I can still shatter your plans. And like the flash just starts just running through and being crazy and doing flash things. Right. And it's like, the mirror master is like, you can tell that he's like, he's irritated, but he like, he wasn't even getting a chance to talk. He's like, you've always been a loser. And now, and now, so are they. Did you really think you could beat me? Come on, man. You used to be better than this. These reflections are pathetic. And you call yourself Mirror Master? And it's like, the Flash talking, he's like, I may be outnumbered, but if I can roll him up, rile him up, maybe I can make him think that, or make him apt and not think. And it's just like, basically, like, the Flash outthinking him. And he basically gets him so mad that he just starts firing at him wildly inside this house of mirrors he built himself. So even though the Flats flashes out gun with all these fake versions of him. Yeah, so he, f- he flashes and just, like, runs through and all of a sudden, like, everything shatters. And he's like, the way I see, I'm still running. But you'll see the spending rest of your life staring at yourself in the mirror, not of your creation. Put him in jail. And, so. I mean, it was just a pretty basic, simple, like, Flash story. But it was just like, I think they're kind of, like, highlighting each one of the rogues. I think that is the goal. There's been a few of, I mean, not maybe individually the for bigger, Some of the bigger ones. Some of the bigger ones, yeah. And it was just like, I think Mirror Master is kind of a big one. Oh, yeah, for Cap- sure. Captain Cold's a big one, obviously. Oh, yeah. Like, was a Heat Master is a big one. Yeah. Grodd wouldn't necessarily be part of the rogues. He's his own bag, but it's like the big, Gr- big but, Flash villains. But, but Grodd is, though. Grodd's like... He's not part of the rogues gallery. I mean, he's one of his bad guys, but he's not part of that group. But as far as, like, yeah. big, big bad guys, yeah, it's like... All the bigger name bad guys that the Flash fights is basically what we've been dealing with, as far as these stories are concerned. But yeah, like the the chase between who who we're fighting, who we're dealing with, yeah, it's basically been the lead villains for him. Um, seeing that one was the uh, let's see, was that starting line? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the um, the Marvel Wolfman story is a uh, Flash for All Worlds, is what it is, title wise. Um, next one is called uh, At the Starting Line, and this is uh, again by Joshua Williamson, and uh, it's David uh, Marquise doing the art. And, uh, it, it initially opens up in the, uh, in, in the lab with, uh, you know, having just had some type of explosion or something happen. And then we cut directly from there to Keystone in the 1940s, and it's, uh, Jay Gehrig. So story-wise, this really isn't a Wally West story, it's a Jay Gehrig story. Well, this is Flash 50. Huh? Well, this is Flash 750. Oh, no, it makes perfect sense, yeah. So it's just like you're touching on all the Flashes. Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're kind of all in there. I mean... I think the only one that's not in the story really is Kid Flash. Impulse, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't get his own, but... Bit, like, Bart's on there. Yeah, well, that that is... Ish. The Bart, Impulse, it's Kid Flash, all the same thing. Yeah, but... But Wally West, the... Well, I guess one of the Wallys is Wallace West. Wallace is not, but Wally is. Wallace gets... He shows up for a second, but it's not... He doesn't have his own story. But Wallace and Bart are not. No. There's, well, there's two Wallies. There's Wallace and Wally. That's what I said. Yeah. There's Wallace and Bart are not. Yeah. So Jake Eric's running through town. We see a bunch of newspapers flying all over the place. And the, the, new, the newspapers basically tell us about an invasion that's happened and uh, how we're having problems with uh, invasion and it, because of these this particular criminal scientist. And we get some cool like f- character flashbacks where we show like 
the evil reverse Flash 4J, which is basically a black suit with a dish on his head and crazy smile and lightning eyes, and we see the fan or uh, the uh, gosh, the he's not the Phantom Stranger. It's to do with the top hat and the black. He creates shadows. Shoot, why don't I remember what his name is? It doesn't. Ma- it doesn't matter. Anyway, one of one of the other more more old timey villains that also regular flashes fought as well. Um, anyway, in the middle of the fu- the fight, we want to have the Flash confronted by this new scientist type who's using his power to take control of other people and basically make people w- subjugate to work underneath him. And he's trying to convince the Flash to just join me. If you just join me, everything will be better because there'll be nobody to fight, and you'll serve me, and we'll, you know, bring up a, a new version of world order. It's a very, like, uh, I don't know, socialistic politic type. And during the whole thing, Jay's like, that's not what the American spirit's about. And anyway, he winds up hitting him with the dish. Like, he takes him out pretty good. The battle sequences, there's a lot of really cool, like, landscape art with lightning being used as a weapon. And he fights a tank, which is freaking cool. Use the helmet to destroy the guy's... Shade? Yeah, Shade is the name of the other guy. Yeah, the Shade. That's who it was. Yeah, Shade. Okay. Anyway, so they, after he destroys the guy's helmet with his own helmet, um, we wind up getting a cool flash where Jay's like, oh, just like, it's a scene where we see a bunch of the different faces of, of our hero types and the villain types. So on one side he's got Barry, Bart, both the Wallies, Wallace and Wally. On the other side we have Zoom and Grodd and Captain Cold. And it's it got this cool batch of like dialogue in the middle. It's basically him like, this is where it started, and the future's gonna be great. It's, it's really pretty cool. Like, it's a, it's a neat little read. It's got a lot of cool action sequences in it. Um, but story-wise, it's a little shorter. I mean, I don't know. I mean, not short. There's not a lot of dialogue. It's more, uh, like, what Jay's thinking about while it's going on. Anyway, from there we cut to the last story. And last story is a pretty short one, too. But the last story is what everyone's expecting to kick forward with this next batch of crazy that's supposed to be happening. As per the, what was going to be May 1st, I think, Free Comic Book Day book from DC. But that's also something we should have mentioned in the news. The Free Comic Book Day has been postponed um, because of the crazy outbreak. So I guess we'll see when that happens. But this is also supposed to chase forward. It's a it's an epilogue for Flash Forward. So it, this happens after Flash Forward's end in issue 6. Um, that six-part miniseries wrapped up maybe a month ago now. Uh, anyway, this particular story is written by Scott Liddell and the art is by Brett Booth. And both of them worked on Flash Forward as well. Um, and basically, we draw, we join Wally West, um, sitting in the Mobius chair, and he is in a blue suit, colored and surrounded by blue lightning, and something glowing on his forehead. And, uh, it, it's got a lot of dialogue about how he sees all the realities now, and how there's pieces missing, and how they have to fix the realities. And as he's going over this pondering to himself, we wind up seeing a flash of, Wally West, and we see a flash of the original Titans, and we see a flash of him becoming the Flash, and then we see a flash of his children being sucked into a vortex of black goo, and from there we wind up seeing a flash of him being Kid Flash again, and we have a flash of basically Heroes in Crisis, and then a flash where we see the, uh, the I think his name is Inquisitor? Uh, no, no, Tempest. Tempest is who finds him. Tempest. He's the guy that looks like a judge with the, the shrouded blue and gold staff. The main character in the... Well, not main. The guy shepherding us through all the dark tales of the multiverse. Right. Um, anyway, so he talks about him and how he's... He's actually the one... If you read... So if you did read... Um, 
flash forward, this is the dude that broke him out of prison and set him on his path to try to fix things. Anyway, so then we return to the Morbius chair and how he he's looking through reality and we see all these other flashes of things. Like we see how Jordan is as a uh, parallax and we see the anti-monitor fighting uh, the Phantom Stranger and we see Nightfall Batman and we see New 52 Justice League and we see uh, Ted Cord and we see the Wildcats, which is also super crazy because they haven't really touched entirely in the DC universe. I mean, we had Grifter for a minute. And that was crazy. Anyway, um, so all these broken pieces of reality, he keeps talking about how he's supposed to mend them. And then we wind up seeing him watch what appears to be the Legion, the Legion of Superheroes in the current series. And we cut from there to a scene of him watching his family, the both versions of his family, where he has one son and another family where there's a son and a nephew. So we see the, Original meeting of Barry or of Wally of Barry Barry sorry the original meeting of Barry Allen and Wally West and then right next to it we see a meeting of Barry Allen and Wally and Wallace so Wallace when he's younger and the two of them together as cousins so he sees both realities at the same time the reality prior to New Fifty Two and the current reality that is New Fifty Two and we cut from that scene to where we see the same thing but for the Titans. We see the original Titans prior to New 52, and then we see the current Titans. So we have the Superman in the red suit and the red Robin, and in the originals it was just regular Robin and Speedy and Kid Flash. And So it's like he's seeing both realities happening at the same time. And we cut to another scene that is very much that, but with one Flash in the middle split between both realities. And on one side we have Godspeed, on the other side we have Jay Garrick, and... It's a whole lot of duality and him talking about how to fix duality and what he's hoping to accomplish. And uh, when we finally see what's on his forehead, the symbol on his forehead is Dr. Manhattan's symbol, which is freaking crazy. What it means, we don't really know yet. But at this point, Wally's floating through the universe and best we can understand, it seems like he's trying to figure out a way to reunite both realities and make them one, maybe. Because the duality to it is so crazy, and it's... If you've never read anything before New 52, then this stuff looks like... Like you have no idea what you're looking at, really. Um, it, it basically tries to explain to you you're seeing two different realities, but as a thing, like, having been from both sets of reading and being around in books long enough, it's crazy to see the two parallels. So it, Wally West has had happenings with the movies here before. Um, as a thing, once before, yes. So, so it's it, not the first time he's been in it. Right. So there's that thing, which is also interesting. But him in this blue uniform with a Doctor Manhattan symbol, correct? So crazy, correct? But he has had dealings with the movies here before. True. Um, during Flashpoint, right? So, which Flashpoint kind of kicked off the whole New Fifty Two thing? Oh, it definitely did. Yeah, that's exactly where it came from. Which is this leading up to? So that's that's what we're that's right. what we're here to talk about. So, Flash Seven Fifty. It's going to be a big book because it's going to be the um, the trigger, I guess, of the gun of the next. Well, what's supposed to be the next big event for DC? Crisis. Yeah, basically, yeah. Because. DC's always been known for their crises. They have, yeah. There's been Crisis on Finney Earth. There's been Zero Hour. And there's been... 
Final Crisis. Final Crisis. crisis. And, yeah, Infinite Crisis. There's been like Blackest Night. Well, Blackest Night wasn't technically a crisis, but it was a big event. Kind of, but it was, but it was kind of. Yeah. In titling, it's not, but that doesn't matter. I as know. As far as big events are I'm concerned. Correct. But yeah, I this know. is like the stepping point to get to the next. So. Thing. When we go, the, and then he also had some bloodlines in there periodically, and there's uh, the different things. But I'm just saying, in this situation, this is, might be the the issue of people who were like not necessarily Flash fans. Oh yeah, if you were to get on board in this issue, to rush in and buy yeah, the book, I think this would be a good this one. might be the book you might want to pick up. It's gonna be, this is going to be a big big deal, right? So yeah, it's a good book. Oh yeah, me good. personally, like. This is this is personal preference. Me personally, like I'm my my favorite Flash is Wally West. Um, I think Barry Allen's just kind of like oh, I'm a cop. I'm this guy. I'm like a blue collar guy. Whatever. I'm the Flash. But Wally West was like, hey, like Barry Allen's my dude. Like on this, this, and this is kind of like this. Then I became the Flash. Like I'm a I'm a Tim Drake guy. It's all a matter what time frame you're. I'm a Kyle Reiner guy. Right. I'm a Wally West guy. Like I'm. I'm. And Wally is from. I'm Dick Grayson is Nightwing guy. Like that. You know. Like that's that's my DC universe. And right. So it's just like I'm. I'm fine with. I'm fine with. Um, Barry. Barry being there. I'm sure. fine with that. But like and the and like but Wally's been my Flash. Like Wally figured stuff out more so, and he had his wife and he had his kids and he came back and zoom was just like trying to make him the best flash that he could be and he did and it was just like this whole thing is like he took like he basically killed the baby inside of linda and then like wally beat him and then so like zoom like that version of zoom it was a different zoom there's oh, two yeah. there's two zooms well professor and then yeah there's there's yeah there's multiple versions of the like, second zoom oh, which i think is the more powerful zoom personally maybe well i know but that's that that again. That's a discussion. That's a personal opinion. But like the second zoom was the more aggressive, more like crazy zoom, and he's the one that like took on Wally, and like he's the one that like killed Linda's pregnancy. But then like after like Wally like beat him technically, he changed it to where like Linda was pregnant, and then all of a sudden she had twins, and then right. like then like Wally kind of like retired slash disappeared from the DC universe, right? Well, and so. Part of the whole brunt of what Heroes in Crisis was about was dealing with the, the loss of his kids right. and how they don't exist in the current universe. But they do, though, now. Um, at this but they point, don't. But they do. Yeah, but they a, don't. There's a weird... But they were there for a while. For a minute, They yeah. were there for, like, issues and issues. Yeah. Current continuity, things are still a mess in that. Again. Nuts. <laughs> so that's why, we, that's why we're going to hit next... Uh, this is a good lead into the next episode. Young Justice, because like, but it does though. It hits on because we're going to talk about Tim Drake. That's true. Because Tim Drake is part of this whole what's going on in this crazy like old school universe, new school universe, pre post new fifty, pre 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 new fifty two post. Yep. These characters who like were there before, but now they're not. But then they are again. But like, why are they back? And why do some people remember and some people don't? Right. So. Again, Connor Kent, he's another character. Yeah. Some people remember him, some people don't. So what's going on? So Yeah, it's a it's still part of what we yeah, part of what has not been fully answered yet. So 
I guess we will see where that goes. So we're going to do some Young just a Young Justice episode yeah. in a couple days. My feel on this is that we're going to like bust out like probably like five episodes in the next like week and a half just to like have you guys some something to listen to. Sounds like a big promise, but we'll see. No, I think we can get it done. But like there's a lot to talk about and like we're going to it'll give us a little bit more like specialty like grouping like we don't have to do like five different books of different right. Things. And so, like different uh, different venues of things. Flash seven fifty is going to kind of lead into that, which is cool. And this is like during this time period with this whole co- like COVID nineteen, blah, blah blah whatever. Like we'll just right. like, we'll give you guys something to listen to. Hopefully, it's neat, and I hope you enjoy it. Yep. Um. Yeah. Uh, score wise, um, let's go score this book, and then we'll move forward with the stuff. Um. I don't know. I give it four and a half, man. Like it's it's strong as far as like entertaining art. You have a variety of art. You have funny stories. You have. Just, Short stories, you have super interesting stories, you have like the heartfelt stories. So, I, book-wise, if you're, like you said earlier, if you're just a a person that sort of likes The Flash or doesn't really know if they want to like The Flash, or if you have a person that's like, watch the TV show, but I've never read the comic books, I would say this would be an awesome book to get them. I agree. So, yeah, I give it a four and a half, score-wise. I give it a four and a half as well. Like, there's some really, really good stories in it. There's some, like, mediocre stories in it. Some of them, like, eh, it was okay. So that's like a four and a half, but like, out of five, that's pretty solid. Like, the mediocre stories are still really good. They're still um, fun, yeah. And not, I wouldn't say they're mediocre, and that's a little hard of word for it, but they're. Yeah, but, but what's the difference between amazing and mediocre? Yeah. There's a pretty big sliding scale there, I guess. Superb? I don't know. Decent? If you have a suggestion of words to use, put them in the comments. Incredible? Anyway, put in the comments. But I mean, like, it's a good book. It, it really is. Like, in, a, in a, like all the milestone comics that we've had over the last uh, year, we've had like we've had super action comics, we've had detective comics, we've had you know Flash, we've had I think those are the three big ones. Well, detective and action were the two two first ones. The new newest two is Flash and Wonder Woman. Um, the 80th anniversary Robin is actually the newest. Sorry, Flash and Wonder Woman already happened. What was the Wonder Woman? Wonder Woman's also seven fifty. Same okay. same idea. So, so like, like this book, same idea, but Wonder Woman flavored. Okay, so we so we hit Wonder Woman as well, which I don't think we did Wonder Woman. No, we didn't. But but like they're all they've all come out. So like I mean, it's a good book. I've always liked the Flash. I think he's a really cool character. It's always been one of my favorites. Like regardless of who's even when Jake Eric like all all the way back then, like I mean Kid Flash, sure. Flash Impulse, like whoever. Like I think it's it's an interesting, cool. Because, like, the rogues gallery themselves are a character themselves, oh, yeah. amongst themselves. I think they were so super rad. Like, because they, they, like, we talked about, like, they're just, they have their own, like, code of conduct that's different than, they're not like Lex Luthor or the Joker, though. They're just like, like, Lex Luthor's just like, hates Superman because of this. It's like, the Joker's just like, maniac crazy or whatever. It's like, the rogues gallery, like, have their thing. Like, this is how we do things. Right. This is our box, and this is how it, this is how st- things run, which I think is neat. It's like a whole different set of villain. Yeah, it's a different, it's a different machine know, all by itself. And regardless, like what it was, whether it was Jay Garrick or Baryon or Wally West, you know, or just or whatever, it just it. There's the Flash family is super cool because oh, yeah. they're all related somehow, like whether they're friends or cousins or 
yeah, as nephew far as or whatever. Kid, grandson from the future, cousins. I mean, no, Wallace and like, Wally. Yeah, Bart's yeah. really, like, literally from, like, the future future. Yeah. Not, oh, yeah. not just, like, oh, a couple years. No, like, like literally. Time like, traveled, yeah. Like, 22-something-something. Something. Yeah. And he first appeared, and I don't remember when he first appeared. It was, it was in Zero Hour, actually, and he was just, like, vibrating through walls, fighting velociraptors. Yeah. And people were like, what the heck? And all of a sudden, like, <laughs> Bart, like, you know, Bart Allen was, like, there. And he's just like, and he's been amazing ever since. And that's why I still love Young, love Young Justice. And sure, it's super good. But it's a good issue. I give it a four and a half as well. Like the the point five that I don't give it. Like it's only because I think that the, like some of the covers are a little weak, and then like some of the like well, I, I, I did have they did have a whole slew of covers so. There's another one that did a main cover and then the, the, the years covers, so 50, 40, or and also 40, like, 50, 60, 70, I 80s, feel like, it, like DC at one point needs to be like, why do, can't we make a crisis that doesn't revolve around the Flash? Like, it's always... too awesome. I know, but it's always like the Flash. Oh, yeah. He's definitely the brunt of a lot of them. It's like, maybe like, make it revolve around somebody else for once. I guess we'll see. I mean, clearly the next one's not going to, but that's Or Superboy Prime. Well, we have seen <laughs> we have seen threads of him in uh, in Shazam, so that might be happening too, which is also crazy. Yeah. Anyway, um, all right, we'll go and run you the uh, interview with uh, Miss Ashley Riot, um, fantastic artist. Uh, she does a lot of cosplay too, so check her out. Uh, we're going to run that interview now. Hey, this is Steve at Top 5 Comics Podcast, uh, San Diego Comic Con. I'm here with... Ashley Ryan. All right. Miss Ashley, I, your art is fantastic. Thank you. I think it's great. Um, so you were telling me a minute ago that you got a book you're working on? I do. I have a comic. It's called Psyche. Um, and so what it is, it's a, it's a comic that I work on in my spare time because I do comic work and animation work full time. So that's, that's, the, that's what pays the bills right now. But it's a comic I'm very passionate about. So it's kind of inspired very heavily by Ghost in the Shell, Firefly, X-Men, kind of taking little bits of everything I like and putting them together. Awesome. Exactly. Everything that's awesome already. And so it's a science fiction cyberpunk story. It's about this girl named Jocelyn, and there's certain people that start developing psychic powers, and then they become outlawed by the government, and she's one of them, and she's just trying to, you know, live her life peacefully and free of all that, so it's kind of a a journey on the run story in space. Kind of got, like, little elements of Cowboy Bebop in there, because, again, it's what I like, so some drama and and tragedy, lots of action. Right on. So if uh, people want to try to pick up your work, where would they find it? Uh, you can go to my website, which is just ashleyriot.com, or you can find me on Facebook under either Queen Riot or Ashley Riot. That's freaking awesome. Thank you. I do, I do like that last name a lot, actually. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it, it started off as a pen name and kind of you know became changed to my actual name. But, yeah. That's awesome. I am a riot. <laughs> <laughs> you were stranded on a desert island. You can take five items with you. Items can also be people. Okay. What would you take? Well, I'm going to take my husband, and I'm going to take my PlayStation Vita so I can play games forever. (laughs) Does your island have power? No. 
I'm a generator, portable generator. Okay, that's three. I, that's three. I'm, I'm not thinking like survival, I'm, because then these items would be different. It would be like you know, water cleanser, or maybe like a flashlight. But I'm thinking completely superficially. What kind of music and games would I want to play for the rest of eternity? Um, probably. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's thinking practically, so you'd want to bring, like, uh, something to grow food. Sure. Right, so maybe, like, gardening, a gardening set of some kind. Right. You need a, a pocket knife. Right, right, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, first aid kit, penicillin. I'm going to say those were all good choices. That's fantastic. I'm sure we got five in there, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I was starting to think of like my video games, my movies, what DVDs I would bring, and then you bring up survival, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's right, i got to eat and drink water. What's up with that? Right, right, right. Well, well you know, it all depends on the island you're stuck on. Right. It's, it's, it's on the island. Is it cold? Is it hot? Uh, can I forge a spear to hunt with? Awesome. Okay, so one more. Go for it. If you lived in a fantasy land, would you ride a chocolate pony? No. Um, well, I would probably ride it for about a day, and then I would eat it. So I wouldn't have a chocolate pony for very long. But if it's your friend, do you want to eat your friend? Have you ever watched Scrubs? Okay, so you know there's like the one episode when JD has the candy fantasy okay. and he starts eating his own best friend. Yes, okay. That would okay. be me because it's a it's a pony that's my friend, but it's also chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> there's no resisting. I mean, maybe the pony would you know live for about a week or two because I would like I would just pick off part of his tail, and be like only only a hoof, only one. He can he can he can be fine with three legs. Three legs is fine. He does he doesn't need his mane. He doesn't need his mane. <laughs> Cutting these hairs, so it wouldn't feel quite the same as eating pieces of him. Like, get does it, maybe it grows back. I, and it's like you know that brings up further questions. Like, are his organs all chocolate? So can I like cut them open and then sell? Go them. with yes. Then yeah, that pony would be would be gone. <laughs> <laughs> right. Does he have like caramel blood? If I cut him open, is he going to be even more delicious? These are the places my mind goes. <laughs> right. Right. Well. It is fantasy lands when they say exactly. sure, whatever. So I would need a I would need a new pony friend really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, thanks for talking with us, Ashley. No problem. I am happy to be here at Comic Con and happy to talk with everybody who comes by. Again, I just want to. Take, take a minute to thank Ashley. I apologize that we didn't get this interview out in the world sooner. Uh, but yeah, check out our social, her social media accounts and, you know, give the girls some attention because she's fantastic. So, uh, let's see, from there, uh, what'd you learn today, Josh? I learned that, regardless of viruses, we can still do some sweet media. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's true. I think uh, that's the biggest thing we learned from this. All right. So what did I learn today, then? You learned that, um, I don't know, man. Like, some days, like, I don't think that you learn anything, and I think today's one of those days that you're just like, eh. I just, yeah, eh. I, I washed my hands. That's not... Did you wash your hands today? To learn. I mean, of course. How many times? Day. Like, oh, I don't know. 52? I don't keep a track score sheet like 52. that. 52. Oh, 52. Yeah, you're right. 52 times. That's not true, but that'd be funny if it was. That would be funny if it was. <laughs> we're, we're working less in the day section with you. Right. Um, uh, so you got any books to watch, Josh? 
Uh, oh, before that. Um, so if you guys haven't, you know, some episodes we do an action figure breakdown. Uh, now is called action figure deconstruction. There are three of those videos up on the YouTube channel for Top Five Comics Podcast. Um, you can find a link in the website for Top Five Comics Podcast dot com. Actually, that's the web address. Inside there, there is a link along with the other shows we do. Also, or you can just Google it or get on YouTube and search for Action Figure Deconstruction. You'll find it. Yeah, so Action Figure Deconstruction is CBS and me. He is the master collector. I am the master disaster, and we like to take it a really sweet action figure, and we break it down to a score. Right. Talk about it, and whether we love it, hate it, or what's wrong with it, or what could be better with it, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, so go over there, take a look at some of those. We appreciate it. You did some amazing video work on that, by the way. I so, like doing like, stuff, yeah. No, no. Like, um, there's a lot of cool things that you do, but like, there's some really cool video work on that. So good job on that. Thanks, I will man. say that on this one. You no, know, it's fun to do. Like, they're real, they're real short. Like, they're like, I don't know, like, what, 12, 15 minutes, maybe at the most. I think the longest one's eight, actually. Yeah, like, they're real they're short, not, but they're, they're real cool. Cause like, they're just like, hey, there's a new figure. Check it out. And we, and we break it down to a score, like, what they come with, package, all that stuff. So yeah. we're only three in, but we have like, I think like, I have 10 lined up. It just got like, some of them haven't come in the mail yet. Right. And then some of them we just haven't got filmed yet. And it's like, it takes a lot on CBS's part. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. Um, but yeah, check books to watch out. for me. Love the strange Academy. Love the new gardens of the galaxy. Um, I love the new green lantern. Like the little, like the little black stars, like mini series that like, like was in the middle of like the first Grant Morrison, the second Grant Morrison. Yeah. It was really cool, but the new one's really cool. Um, and, I am Young Justice. I think is fantastic. Um, Usagi Yojimbo is amazing as always. But other than that, that's about where I'm at. Like I haven't haven't had a chance to read a lot of other stuff. Um, I'm kind of curious where they're going with like uh, like what what the Superman thing is going on with that. Like with Jonathan Kent and all that. Like I'm curious, but there's just a lot going on there. So like I don't know. They're building up to something big. So okay, so we'll wait. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. Um, as far as books to watch, I'd say, uh, Image is gonna have one coming out, well, at some point, I mean, at this point, release-wise dates are all fluid, um, called Adventure Man, no, Adventure? Yes, Adventure Man, and it's Image Comics, it's, uh, Terry and Rachel Dotson, um, I'd say check that thing out, it looks freaking awesome, there's, uh, Spy Island getting ready to come out from Dark Horse, um, it's another one that I think will be great, uh, set up for it is basically we have, uh, our main character is, Stationed on an island that is inhabited by basically every bad spy type person lurking, and she's stuck in the middle of all of it. That write up is actually better than that. Just Google the write up, Spy Island. Uh, my description was terrible just now, sorry. I think it'll be great. It looks super fun. Um, so there's those guys. I think, uh, we're gonna have the newest batch of solicitors that just hit stores, well, on Wednesday. There's a new series for Chew, uh, but it is not uh, C-H-E-W, it's C-H-U, and we are going to be dealing with Chew's, Tony Chew's sister. So uh, that series is picking back up. Uh, still John Laban writing it. It's not Rob doing the art, but I can't remember who it is. It looks good anyway. Like Art-wise, there's a few test pages out in the world or preview pages out in the world. So if you like the Chew, I assume that you will probably like Chew, which is confusing. But not in the spelling, just me describing it. 
Anyway, John Lehman, also awesome. Uh, we have an interview with him from a previous year, too. And Rob's a friend of the show, and there's actually interviews with Rob as well. So if you haven't listened to the interviews with these people we're talking about, just go back and find them. But yeah, um, other than that, yeah, um, if you have friends that like listening to stuff or are comic book people, share our stuff around because more followers is always better. Um, yeah, share with everybody. Instagram, um, I am at Wendell24 on Instagram. You are at Top 5 CBS. Top 5 Comics top CBS. Top 5 Comics CBS. Um, also, we are at uh, at Top 5 Comics Podcast. Right. Um, you can Google... If you if you want... If you just Google Top 5 Comics Podcast, you'll find us on every platform, basically. Um, if you want to look up the website where you can find links to our other shows as well, you can go to top5comicspodcast.com, and then that's a page that has a listing with everything on it, so I'd say go check that out. Also check out our like CBSME's movie like uh, mature rated podcast, uh, never been done podcast. Right, and there's links for that on there as well. But, as Riles Rob's video game channel. So if and, you just go to the website, you and, can find links. And again, everything. action figure deconstruction on there as well. Yes. So um, it has its own tab even. All the same. So follow us on all the social media platforms. That makes a huge deal. Yep. And then uh, share it with your friends. Sure. And in these times when there's bored and you're sitting around like doing nothing, like I have to listen to stuff. Tell everybody, hey, check this out. Right. Check it out. Makes a big deal. So. Well, I think that's it. Same uh, bad time. Same bad channel. The key. We're not changing it. It's the key. But I'm going to say that because that's better to me because I'm not going to ever say that. And one of these days I'm going to make you watch Kamen Rider. And now that we're in a, an apocalypse and there's nothing else to watch, you're going to watch Kamen Rider. It's the key.